0: Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network, where you'll find all your tennis news. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which could be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey, and our mentors. Well, they might provide that roadmap for your journey. On most Thursdays, I am blessed to be talking with mentors who have paved the pathway for many tennis players and coaches. Normally on the first Thursday of the month, it's Alan Fox. The second Thursday is Chuck Riese. Uh Outside of the football season, usually on the third Thursday, it's uh, Dr. John uh, Murray. And on that fourth and fifth Thursdays when it does come about, we have uh, either Coach Scott Williams, uh, Energy Coach Linda LeClaire, uh Dr. Bryce uh, Young, that uh, might be, uh, Coach Ashley Hobson, uh, and we've been blessed to uh, have many other people like Nick Saviano, uh Coach Scott Engie, a former high school coach that's now a coach in uh, college, and we've been blessed to have college coaches, USTA coaches, USTA officials, PTR, and USPTA executive directors been on the broadcast, as well as the Florida tennis founder and executive uh, editor, Jim Marsh from uh, Florida Tennis Magazine. Of course, the nice thing about Block Talk Radio and the Yellow Ball Network is that you can listen any time you choose to this broadcast or any of the other broadcasts. On Wednesday, we have the American Tennis Show going on with Coach Chuck Recy. On Sunday, Coach's Corner with Randy Blumendale is on and uh, you can listen to them just by hitting that uh, Yellow Ball logo when you see it on your screen. I would like to thank the Yellow Ball CEO, J.P. Weber, for hosting our network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, you're missing out on some useful information. Because I do believe, Dr. King, when he said, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, each Thursday I will add my personal views on North America tennis, and naturally you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools and colleges. Each. This is where they should be going. And I should, I will ask, like I ask most uh, Thursdays, is your high school uh, had tennis as an after school activity or an after school sport? Who knows? Together we may wake up that sleeping giant of high school tennis. And I should say that, of course, given my personal views used to be at the end of the broadcast, now I'll do them before I introduce our great guest because. uh, Many of you requested that because I didn't always get to it, but truthfully, I always felt our uh, guests were more interested in me and certainly had a better voice. So, But I do listen. I'm not too old for a change, and um, I will do that. Besides our weekly conversation, the Almighty Willen, you will also be able to continue reading my articles in Florida Tennis Magazine. And as I've previously expressed, if you disagree, email me at TCA at net. Who knows? You may read your views in Florida tennis or hear them on one of my Coach Denise Sharon Tennis blessings broadcasts. It would not be the first time that's happened. I got used to the fact that everybody doesn't agree with me. Don't appreciate it, but understand it. <laughs> Remember, too, if someone's taken the last issue of Florida Tennis from your pro shop, you can always see the last issue of the magazine by going to www.FloridaTennisMagazine.com. Or in between issues, you can go and read Jim Marks or my articles on Facebook by going to FL Tennis on Facebook. Uh, there's always something happening in between issues, and if it's important, we'll try to share it with you. So I think we have uh, an outstanding broadcast for you because I'm blessed uh, to uh, have Debbie on our uh, broadcast before. And uh, let me, I think I see her here, but let me just make sure one second. Debbie, are you there?
1: Yes, I am, John.
0: Debbie Landing, how are you? I'm blessed to have you on again. Before well, I introduce, you. before I uh, introduce you and go into our comments, let me just ask you for one thing first. Uh, you you were over in Europe uh, for Oktoberfest. Uh, has uh, much changed since you were playing over there years ago?
1: Um, well, you know, I was there for Oktoberfest, so I didn't really go to any of the private clubs or anything, but, uh, you know, Germany, I had played team tennis for Germany in 94, and, you know, I have a special place in my heart for Germany, and it's just as beautiful as ever.
0: Good, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I'm looking forward to your guests coming on in a few minutes, but before we start, uh, talking, I do... I promised uh, people I would do my commentary uh, prior to interviewing my guests, so uh, here goes. Uh, Next Thursday, there will be no Coach Denise Sharon tennis lessons, simply because it's Thanksgiving, so Bobby and I will be reflecting about our blessings with friends and family, and there won't be no broadcast. I suggest you do the same thing with your family and friends. There are many reasons for us to be thankful, including our immediate family and extended family. All those people I've been blessed to have coached over 50-plus years, and we're also thankful for all those we met through sports, especially thankful for to all those coaches and students that I've learned from. I'm especially thankful to those coaches who continue to share their experiences on the yellow ball network and of course on my weekly broadcast because I do know that without those special mentors that appear on, you would have not been you would not have put up with my scratchy voice for almost four years now. We are also grateful to Florida Tennis Magazine for allowing me to be among those talented contributors who write each issue, and I've been doing that for the last five years now. While we all know there are many more that I should be included in this, I do have to include the FACA, Florida Athletic Coaches Association. Uh, They control all the sports, high school sports in Florida. Uh, The PTR, of course, Professional Tennis Association, registration. Uh, This is where I made my transition from coaching uh, basketball to uh, coaching uh, tennis and uh, got the encouragement that uh, I could do that. And the USTA. Oh, what's that? Oh, what? Some of you are asking USTA? I hear those wondering remarks out there. Yes, we include the USTA. Because without them, we would not have taken seven teams to the AAU Junior Olympic Games or introduced hundreds and hundreds of 10 and under kids to tennis. Yes, on occasion, I do occasionally challenge the USTA, but I also challenge some of the other organizations, too. Why? Because I'm a pain? Yes, yeah, some people will say that. But... The real reason is that I do believe that uh, we can make these organizations even better now than when we entered them. Why do I continue to ask questions? Well, because I do also believe that if we are willing to listen to the response of those questions asked, we might also learn something. So uh, that's the reason, one of the reasons I always asking more questions than I have answers for you. I must admit I was much smarter when I was younger, but uh, today I have more questions than answers. Because I heard your reasoning, though, that I should do my commentary prior to speaking to our mentors, I should uh, also reflect and thank tonight's guest, Debbie Landing. Who is bringing? Uh, hopefully, fellow uh, Texan, maybe join Ken McAllister might uh, join us. And uh, I understand her uh, New Mexico Hall of Fame high school uh, coach uh, Richard Johnson might be joining us too. Uh, those of you that don't know, before uh, Debbie got into uh, playing and coaching and uh, working. Uh, in tennis uh she was one of the first uh female players to uh, play on a boys high school tennis team and that's uh i was always i mention that often to people when they start telling me how uh uh what a struggle it is and how the u s t a should be doing this or how the Florida athletic coaches should be doing that. Sometimes we have to take it upon ourselves if we really want to accomplish something and do that. And Debbie, Debbie uh, you're uh, on my special list, so welcome to the broadcast.
1: Thank you, John.
0: What are you up to now?
1: Well, <clears throat> I just ran a little. Can you
0: tell could... us a little bit about the history of? I'm familiar with it, but I don't know if uh, everybody else, I mean, to be blessed to be it work for Roy Emerson and Rod Labor and, you know, what you've done. Why don't you uh, do a brief uh, story, you know, let the audience know how you've come to the, where you are today.
1: Um, well, I grew up in the Parks and Recreation uh, Dick Johnson was my very first tennis coach at the parks, and uh, he made tennis so fun that I just fell in love with it. And I practiced every day. I hit against my my house every day. And uh, and a woman, finally, she, she heard about me, took notice, and took me under her wing. And, uh, and then I developed under her, played junior tennis in New Mexico. And then in 1973, the New Mexico board... Uh, changed the rules that if there was no girls team for tennis the girls if they could make it could play on the boys team so I I was one of the first girls that played on the boys team and and it was a bit of a struggle because the back in 73 the teachers my high school teachers were not thrilled about it they thought it was wrong girls had no place playing on the boys team and and they made my life a little difficult in my my academics Because they didn't support it at all. But, uh, you know, I had bigger goals. I was going to go out and play and later received an athletic scholarship to Amarillo College. And then uh, after a year, I moved back to Albuquerque and Dick hired me to uh, be one of his helpers at the indoor tennis club. And then about a year later, he introduced me to Roy Emerson. Uh, he was already uh, working for Roy and Ron Laver at that time and introduced me, and Roy hired me to work his tennis camps around the United States. So that's how I got involved in teaching, and that's how I really learned the game, how to teach, how to play, and uh, how to be a pro. So uh, Dick was a leading factor in getting me into that business. And then, of course, Roy Emerson helped develop me as a pro. I was pretty young. Nineteen, and then I traveled and did that for three years, and then when that ended, uh, Dick Johnson hired me as his assistant in California, and got me sponsorship to play the. At that time, it was called the Avon Futures. So I played the tour for a while, and really wasn't my deal. You know, I was twenty-one, and I just I didn't I didn't enjoy it. It just wasn't fun. So um, I later moved to Texas, where Ken McAllister hired me. And I worked for him for 10 years and played Texas tournaments, and then, then I think as when I was a little older, he encouraged me to go back and play tournaments, and I played satellites and, uh, for eight years, and I think my uh, singles high WTA ranking was 439, so I enjoyed that just because I got to travel around the world, I still had a teaching career to fall back on, and... Uh, I got to, to see a lot of the world playing tennis, which was a great experience at my, my age, about 28.
0: Yeah, I would think so. Well, uh, I think you were blessed to uh, have these uh, great gentlemen around you, but I think the special, you're special because you decided to go after what you want, and I'm a little fearful, I must admit today, that uh, too many of our young people are expecting things to be given of them rather than uh, go out and uh, you know sit there and compete for them and, uh, and, and failure uh, is a fearful thing and unfortunately uh, of course we all have biases and I'm no different. Uh, I'm not a politician or an FBI agent so I admit to having uh, biases but I mean if, the great thing about competing, I believe, is that you know you learn that uh, when you fail, the next time you just go out there and you learn from that. I always told my high school players when I was coaching that you you only failed if you came out on the short end of the score. You only failed if you didn't learn anything. And I think uh, I, that's why I enjoy talking with you so much because I just think where you've gone – through and what you've done and uh, it, it taking advantage of the opportunities when they were there uh, uh, how many people look back in life and say you know why didn't I do that years ago and you did it and you know and I think that's great uh, is there anything else I think I see uh, both gentlemen on uh, is there any with, uh, I, I think this here is uh, let me uh, just see I think we have a high school, uh, coach, uh, on here. So let me call him in and you can talk to him. Richard is, are you there?
2: Hey, how you doing, John?
0: I'm blessed. Thank you. I, I have to admit, uh, part of my biases. I was just, uh, uh, talking about, uh, uh, Debbie said you're uh, in one of the high school hall of fames and, uh, being blessed to be in a couple of them myself, I think uh, I do have a bias. so uh, Debbie, would you like to uh, would you, would you sit there and, and uh, talk with Richard for a, a couple minutes?
1: Sure um, Of course you know I go he goes by the name of of Dick with me since I've known him since I was about ten years old. and uh, like I said he he was my first teacher at the Parks and Recreation and I can remember to this day playing queen of the court and how much fun he made it and i and i really have to say had it not been for that experience i may not have gotten into tennis but it but dick made it so fun i just i couldn't wait for the next lesson
2: can you remember those days dick well yeah that was a, it was a good time you know parks and rec and uh you know i remember when we'd load up uh 10 or 12 kids and i a couple of station wagons and go to El Paso or or go up to Denver or you know, we went all over the place and uh you know, kids would uh it was just a it was a great time. Nobody made any money but who cared on that at that time. It was uh it was just a lot of fun. You were one of my uh top kids. I was a little prejudiced because uh of course I'm left handed also and uh yeah. <laughs> but uh we 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 yeah we had some good times, Debbie.
1: Well, I, I want to say back in the day, I think this was in the 60s, uh you were making about 250 an hour teaching tennis? Something like that? <laughs> Is that about right?
2: Yeah, yeah, we were we were millionaires at that time. We uh, <laughs> we teach for 8 hours a day at the old Beverly Park uh tennis courts and uh you know, I remember one of the kids uh in fact the directors uh, "Son, had a beetle haircut and parks and rec didn't like oh, yeah. that he had to go he had to go get his haircut and uh there was there were some good times yeah we were millionaires we made 15 dollars a day
1: yeah <laughs> well the park was was packed and then we would end up the whole day playing around the world with about 150 kids trying to get to the last uh, two spots that was one of my favorite memories
2: yeah, that now, was, how do we get
0: big... how do we get to those times again where we get those big crowds uh you know you know you, you don't seem to see that now. Are you having that in Texas and New Mexico right now?
2: I'm not. Dick maybe. Yeah. In, in Albuquerque we have uh some very good programs at at some clubs uh you know I I uh coach out of my high school courts and uh we have our our Saturday camps as well as uh in the summer we do junior team tennis. Albuquerque is kind of blessed right now, uh, John because in junior team tennis we, we have more kids participating in uh junior team tennis in the summer uh than Phoenix or Tucson or El Paso combined and a lot of it is the weather. Of course Phoenix is very warm in the warm in the summer. But we have uh I think I think close to 500 kids uh that played this last summer we just finished our mid-school league and we had close to 600 kids that played in the uh, mid-school league which is a a tremendous thing that our northern new mexico tennis association runs because of course the the, uh, public schools doesn't have money to do that so it's uh it's been a good it's been a good thing we actually had our banquet last night and uh it was, a, it was a well attended. So. I'm
0: glad to hear that. Is the, is the USTA team tennis still, is that still a competitive thing or not?
2: Yeah, yeah. junior team tennis, the USTA junior team tennis, yes. Uh, we we play ours in the summer because, of course, the kids are out of school and, uh, and then they have mm-hmm. the uh, uh, sectional championships later in the summer and they go on and play in uh, Orlando at the National Campus uh, uh, in the fall. In fact, I believe some of the age groups they just finished a couple weeks ago.
0: Well, I'm going to bring Ken McAllister on. I think I see him here because I do have a problem with uh, the USTA and being he's been on the board so long, I'll let him correct me. Uh, uh, as uh, you know, I'm always open
3: to different ideas. Ken, are you there? Yes, I am. It's a pleasure listening to John see uh, go over all that, especially how well how well USPA Junior Team Tennis is doing there. Um, that's that's good news to get numbers like that. Yeah, that,
0: I think that's fantastic. I I, I do have uh, a bias, and as you know, Ken, how opinionated I am. And i uh, am and be very interested. I want you to talk. Uh, I understand your book is about ready to come out pretty soon. Is that true?
3: Uh, yes, sir.
0: Glad you brought that up. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
0: Well, because I do have a, a, a complaint. Uh, I uh, I mentioned uh, in my commentary before the uh Broadcast that I, uh, I included in my thankfulness is the USTA. And two of the reasons are, and I know sometimes I uh, question and challenge uh, the USTA, but, um, you know, we, uh, Bobby and I, uh, traveled throughout the country, uh, and I think we took eight teams to uh, the AAU Uh, junior olympic games which i just thought was a fantastic uh, experience and uh, we we stopped that and then the usta got out of that and i never understand why i understand why we we stopped it only because team tennis used to be very competitive and we would go take our teams to the florida team tennis And then a couple of years of those years, the last two years we were in, uh, we had to leave. I think one year we were going to Cleveland, and I think the other year to to Virginia. Uh, But anyway, we had to leave, and we forfeited the championship for the next round because we're playing in, quite frankly, a bigger and more prestigious tournament and uh, people coming from all over the world. And uh, they changed the rules that said you can't uh, do that uh, no more. So we stopped playing the team tennis and played the AAU. And that turned out to be a mistake because a couple years later, uh, the AAU tournament, uh, they abandoned. And uh, so uh, that's my displeasure. And being you were on the board so much, you could tell me uh, why I'm wrong
3: i don't don't necessarily think you're wrong uh, The any team tennis is and to me i've always believed in it from the time I began working for the u s t a in nineteen ninety one uh really thought that this had a future it didn't it really hasn't gotten uh the the traction that we hoped it would get, and the connection with the a a u was an attempt to build that up uh because it wasn't originally connected with them, but we did. And those were really wonderful events. I went to the Cleveland event myself. and uh, Right, I uh, thought but, I remembered. But, right, but what, we, what I think the USTA wanted to do is strengthen it within our organization and get the sections on board with it. And it's still that New Mexico, uh, uh, thanks to a friend of Dick Johnson's, Uh, there in northern New Mexico is just a little stronger than some of the rest of us have been, although Texas did well this year, uh, quite a a few junior team tennis teams. In fact, I think we may have even won two of the national divisions that just finished up recently, so I'm pleased with with that. But no, I think you probably are right, but what formula it is, is never going to be quite as good as high school tennis, where – You've got you've got your audience built there for you, but the junior team tennis, as it has in New Mexico, can enhance that high school program, which is still the largest junior program going on in the in the U.S. Well, I have to admit, I
0: am uh, jealous of uh, Nick because they're. Uh, uh, it's that special to have that many people, and I uh, I miss those those days. Uh, I am fortunate that uh, my wife with the uh, NJTL the ten and under uh, program. Uh she reminds me that uh, I can't afford a divorce and for six weeks in the spring <laughs> and six weeks in the uh, fall. I uh, don't plan to go anywhere on Saturdays besides uh, her 10 and other uh, programs. And, uh, you know, working with those kids is just so much fun. It's, uh, it keeps you young.
3: Yep, I agree. I agree well, with that. Uh, it cer-
2: certainly does
0: dick you had something you wanted to
2: say oh i just i you know i i uh ken and i of course are are uh definitely veterans in in this in this deal and we've known each other forever and uh but it's uh i'll be having a birthday on tuesday it'll be my 74th and uh it's uh these little guys uh you know every saturday uh you know the little red ball kids that uh we have uh, about 12 little ones and uh it really keeps. It really does keep you. I don't know if it keeps you young, but it, it keeps you really hopping. And uh, I will say that the organizational thing uh, for the red and the orange and the green ball has really improved. And so there's some uh, there's some good things that have come out of that. And uh, we've got uh, we've got a nice bunch of kids that we see every every Saturday.
0: Now let me ask you a personal question.
2: Do you still coach high school? Yes, I do. I'll, this will be my uh 29th year in, in uh 2019 and uh we have a nice young team this year. I you know, we've been blessed with some uh great players and, and some good kids that, that respect sportsmanship and uh which is uh something that you know, sometimes you, you look around even the even the big pros it it's uh gets a little bit uh, uh crazy telling the kids that uh you know sportsmanship is number one but we have we have a nice team we've been uh fortunate enough we've won state championship 14 out of the last 18 years and uh we're uh we're always in the top three or four that's for sure
0: and do you have your high school uh do your high school kids volunteer for your tenant on their program
2: yes yes in fact a lot of my kids work for me uh on Saturdays we have tennis camps uh, and, and on in the summer, it provides some uh, income for them. And, uh, you know, it's a, they really get into it. Our, our success really has been that I've been quite involved the last 24 years with uh, their, our mid-school program. And I, I coach the mid-school team uh, and all those kids lead into the high school. So I, I really see these kids for about seven years and uh, whether they make they play J B university, or else they're on the varsity team, and the majority of them play pretty much year-round. So it's you know we're a pretty solid solid bunch in that in that respect. Ah,
0: okay, that's good. So you have no conflict with the state organization. I used to uh, with, with my wife's district 15 JTL, We did a uh, after-school tennis in the Constitution program at the middle school, and then uh, there was complaints that our county middle school, we have a couple of high schools they could go to, and they uh, said I could be recruiting uh, people there. So the athletic <laughs> director suggested we stop that program, which I thought was, uh, was a, a sin. But you mentioned uh, before about... Uh, you know, the good sportsmanship and everything. Debbie, let me ask you a question, uh, you know, being you uh, played for WTA and everything. Do you see, I think the, all three of you should have a pretty good insight, but when you see uh, some of the things that, you know, some of the pros are doing, does that have an effect on the juniors, do you think, or do you think it, it's just entertainment and uh you no, know, it isn't important.
1: Well, I don't like it. You know, I I just think um, you know if you're a big pro playing on national TV, there's just no excuse for just taking your your racket that's given to you by your sponsors and just demolishing it in just a just a anger-filled uh, moment. I I just think it's disrespectful. I don't like it. I don't like the level level of anger that they show. And I think it's a very bad uh, uh, example for our up-and-coming juniors. You know, I, I don't allow it at all. If my kids throw the rackets, I tell them, you owe me a dollar. So, uh, okay. you know, they don't, they don't usually do it, but, uh, you know, I just don't like it. I, I think, uh, you know, John C. would have some more input on that since he works with a higher level of high school kids. And if they do it, I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, what what do you think? I mean, do you see that? I remember one time, not with a high school kid, because when you're at a school for 20 years and you're my age and people, you get a reputation, so you don't know if you're doing the right thing or not, but kids know, you know, don't do this. Like, uh, our basketball courts used to be next to the tennis court, and after, for two years taking the basketball away from him and explaining to him that I used to coach basketball and trust me you don't have to swear or use that language to make a layup you know so after the coach <laughs> coming out get the basketball everybody knew uh, watch your language coach Denise is out there uh, now but are they doing these things are they gentlemen and everything when the ladies when they're around us because they know who we are for a younger coach do they is it harder or easier for them, uh, to relate? I don't know.
2: Okay. Well, you well, really, you really, I go ahead, Debbie.
1: No, go ahead. Uh, because you've got, you're actually working with high school kids. I'm working more with the younger ones.
2: Well, the, the, you know, we sit them down at the start of the season. We have a parent meeting, there's expectations, there's goals, you know, and, uh, you know, short term as well as long term. But but part of the expectations are that uh, they show good sportsmanship. You know, our school is always in the in the spotlight because we're one of the one of the better athletic schools in in the state. And so we you know we we stress that part. Uh, I have an on court rule. It's real simple. I said the first time you throw the racket, uh, you have a warning. Of course, you know I'll talk to them at the fence. You know that type of thing. The second time. Uh, take the racket, take your equipment, and you've just defaulted the match. It's pretty simple. So, uh, you know, I tell them the stories about Borg and about Federer when they were younger. Uh, you know, I, I my mentors were Labor and Emerson, as as Debbie's were, and the Australians uh, set, a, set a very high bar. So I guess I'm a little slanted in, in that respect, which I hope is well, good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Can can I have a question for you if uh I uh can I just uh, I have uh, this coming issue which should be out this week in Florida Tennis I have a two part article about high school tennis and I mean I'm sorry I, I, I talk about it in the article about uh, college tennis and where do all the American players go and um It's a two-part article because uh, it it covers everybody. It's always easy to blame the college coach, uh, but it goes way beyond that. And part of it, I think, goes to the USTA, and uh, and I just uh, wonder – I look at the USTA uh, and I know in Florida when I, not so well even when I was on the board of directors, it was that way, uh, but they look at high school tennis as uh, recreational, not competitive. Uh, and my fear is that we're looking at college uh, that, as recreational and not competitive, and selfishly as a coach and loving the game. My fear is that sometime, uh, you know, will the American tennis player be able to compete at that level? Uh, tell me where I'm wrong or what do I have mixed up or
3: if I'm right. Okay. I'm, I'm maybe a little confused by a couple of things there. One is I didn't know anyone thought that high school and college tennis were not competitive. Yeah, uh, you, you, as you know, you felt competitive while you were there working in in the high school program. Um, I, I think, uh, I think the USTA is is open and believe it's all competitive. And I think there's only a handful of maybe pros who feel like uh, they should get professional help from the very beginning. I, none of the three of us think that. Uh, For sure, I'm putting words in my colleague's mouth here, but uh, I think that's the fact. So, uh, uh, but explain, ask me again uh, more specifically what you want to hear.
0: Well, what I, I mean, I have to respectfully uh, disagree with you. You know I love you, Ken, but when I look at what USTA offers, high schools is a no cut program. Well, you know, I did a no cup program before they had no cup. And actually I was, uh, brought up to the USTA. I had to about me because, uh, I really didn't have a no cut program because for three months prior to the high school, uh, things on the first Wednesdays of the month, it was a parent prayer meeting. And I, uh, and I laid down my rules, and I told people at the, uh, at the third meeting that uh, you have to sign a contract. And uh, it doesn't make you a lesser player, person if you're not part of the team or nothing, but this is what I expect of you, and I, we, this is what these meetings are about so we get to know each other. And this is what, you know, you should expect from me. And if you don't feel it's right, then don't sign the uh contract and find another sport. Well, I've been accused of, well, that's not really running a no-cut program. He's forcing people to cut. My argument is I'm not forcing people to cut. They're choosing do they want to be on that team or not. But, and I was a school, you know, I went to the schools in our county to train the PE teachers and everything, but everything that we did was looking at the schools as recreation,
3: not competitors. Uh, So are you saying that the no-cut program is implying that uh, they don't see it as a competitive program? Well, uh, for
0: instance, uh, you know, two years ago at the PTR, uh, supposing uh, I get a call there uh, when I'm sitting on the panel for the R for high school coaches. And the call is from a guy that's in uh, two high school halls of fame. He's been coaching for 40 years. He's ran a no-cut uh, program, and he's called me. He said, John, my athletic director, told me i got to do away with my boys' team uh, kind of because i got to have – We don't have equal amount of girls. Uh, So, I mean, you know, we've got to, uh, and truthfully, I can't remember her name now. This is, uh, when you start approaching your 80s, this is what happens to your short-term memory. But, (laughs) um, you know, I asked her if she wanted to address it. Well, we could talk about that later. And everything is, we talk about it later.
3: (laughs) Well, um, that specifically, of course, is, their school districts and and whenever I mean I worked at a school district that uh, the AD was had had been the football coach and the and the school principal had been a football coach and and they were afraid we'd get athletes and so they weren't super supportive of everything we did but that just we just dealt with it and you do the best you can within that but it, it's not a certainly not a USTA. Uh, uh, thing that comes in from the outside So that's where that's what I'm trying to to understand this Because right now I know in the Texas USTA Texas group We're very proud of the high school program Because it's bringing in so many Kids and many of those kids Get into the USTA program and Which Is you know Working together to develop players um, Mm-hmm and I'm sure, that, sure the same thing is true in New Mexico. Um, and, and Debbie has worked with a lot of players that have been both USTA-ranked and playing in their high school programs.
0: Well, there's no question you're in Texas, and I'm not as familiar with New Mexico, but you're way ahead of us. I've often uh, stated when I was the tennis uh, chair for Florida. That when we grew up, we wanted to be like Texas. So uh, I, I love the idea that you're doing the uh, tennis uh, twice. And this, and of course, I'm not. I, I'm not beating up on the USTA because they do so much good, and you know we need it. But I, I think that you know the perception. I think of most coaches is that they don't look at the support. You know, if you instance, we'll give you a chase of balls or, you know, 10 chases of balls. They're not interested in, in, in uh, making, uh well, I don't want to get into that. I'd rather, I, I only have about 18 minutes left, and I'd rather get into your book, Ken, because I'd be
3: interested in that. You'd <laughs> I'm all <laughs> for that. Uh, um, I, I will explain to everybody. Uh, the book I'm, I have written, which I finished the text of it, and we're just putting in pictures right now, and it should be published by the beginning of the year. Um, the, the title is From Cattle to Court, which fits the Texas uh, scenario of, of land that has been used for cattle is now being used for tennis courts. And it's a history of tennis in the state from the 1800s to the to oh. the present. And um, so it's, it's been a fascinating and um, passionate project of mine to try to get as much of the facts as we can uh, of how it started. With the, we know uh, USTA Texas, the section, started in 1895. Um, and, and the high school tennis for boys and girls started before 1920, uh, and uh, uh, so those, those kinds of things, a lot of it to be proud of, some of, it, some of it's questionable like anything that involves politics, but it, it's a history of what happened in general, then what happened on the professional side, what happened on the club side, and then what happened in the organizations like the Coaches Association and the Texas Pro organization, and then community tennis associations and all of that. I'm giving you a quick overview here, and I throw in a few of my own um, experiences in the game after 50 years of making a living at it. And uh, uh, so, uh, like I said, it'll be out first of next year, and uh, it's from cattle to courts, Tim McAllister, and thanks for the plug. <laughs>
0: well, I'm being uh, a history buff. Uh, I'll be looking forward to uh, reading it because I, I think we all stand on the shoulders of somebody else, and uh, i I'm just appreciative of uh, people that look back at where we came from because. Uh, I think we're sometimes we're too much in a hurry, and this is, as I said many times, I think the uh, one of uh, our what I think used to be our strength, maybe it's selective memory. <laughs> when you get old, you remember uh, the things you like more than uh, everything. I hope it's not selective uh, memory. But, I mean, I think the thing about having a conversation is, that you could sit there and you could learn something from it. Uh, uh, coming from an Italian background, my mother uh, was voiceful at times. You know, when she told you to do something, you you did it. And uh, my father was kind of a laid-back man. And uh, when I got into my teens, I used to sit there and sit there and say, Dad, why don't you say something? You know. And uh, I remember one time he said to me. Uh, You know, sometimes you're going to find that uh, when you listen, uh, when you're talking, you're telling people what you know. When you listen, you might find out some new things. And truthfully, it took me a few years to realize he was telling me you got a big mouth shut up. (laughs) uh, You know, I think there's (laughs) a value of listening, and I'm afraid too often people listen to a, there's a time that I can interject my ideas. And uh, I don't know, so... I uh, I like the idea of your book, and I um, I wish you success with that. Debbie, this is your show. What do you want to talk about, Max? And uh, which one of these gentlemen that you love so much do you want to ask a question to or say something uh, about them that we don't know? Hey, Debbie. was baited Uh-oh.
3: there. Uh oh. <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> yeah. yeah. Both of you are in trouble
1: now.
2: Um, I I, I, ju- yeah. I just buckled up. I just buckled <laughs> up, John.
1: Um, you know, I, I find it interesting that you know uh, I consider both Ken and Dick my my huge mentors. I would not be where I am today without these two guys. And what I what I kind of feel um, is missing here in in the U.S. tennis is that coaches are not really um, turning out. Uh, a lot of kids that are going into the uh, teaching profession, um, you know, and I find that pretty sad. I've, of all the kids I've taught in all my years, none of my kids went into the teaching profession. Um, Dick, I don't know uh, when your last protege was or Ken, your last protege, but maybe you can shed some light on that.
2: Well, it's really a it's a really a good point, and I think, uh, you know, I can look back at. Uh, some places I've been and, and, uh, some people now that, are, that are still in the tennis industry and, and doing quite well. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it is kind of a, a dying thing. Uh, one of the things I think with the, uh, PTR as well as the USPTA is that the, uh, membership, uh, even though they've, they've done some things to really get it a younger group of teaching pros, uh, uh, it's an older group of, of people, and uh, I think it is a concern of, of both uh, professional organizations, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I, yeah. would anybody else like to add something? I have a, a comment about uh, gentlemen, and anything else you like to add?
3: Well, uh, I will add one thing that is that all four of us know that there's nothing that that uh makes us I guess more proud or more just happier than when one of our former students comes back from however many years, whether it's fifty years ago or ten years ago and spends time with us whether no matter what uh it is. As, as I'm about to have dinner with with a high school player of mine from forty five years ago and and Sunday night and his wife, so it's uh, that's John Phillips. Uh, you guys, some of you know him, and um, sure. the, those things come back both ways. Is what I'm getting at, John. Is uh, it's it's nice to working with mentors, but as Debbie's been nice and complimentary to us, it works the other way as well. To for us, for Dick and I to hear that we may have had some effect. Or or she's blaming us, whichever way it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it,
2: it, it definitely it definitely makes a huge impact and it makes your day. I know that last uh uh right during the holidays we had a our first uh La Cueva high school reunion, uh my school named La Cueva and we had forty forty two kids show uh kids they're all adults and they have children and everything, but they all showed up the quarters restaurant on Yale and maybe in and Ken know that's my favorite restaurant, but anyway, uh, yeah. so it, it was so nice to, uh, to see all these young people and young men that, and, uh, and how they're doing it. It just really made the rest of my holiday. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. I think the rewards do come, uh, later. You talked about how much money, um, you know, when you first started, uh, amazing, but I mean, the, uh, the rewards are still coming, and that's the great thing. When you coach people, and they become coach, and uh, I remember a college coach that I had the blessing to coach in basketball, and uh, sent me uh, remarks and told me how he addressed his team, and he made a mistake, and uh, just remembered how if I could admit that I made a mistake, I lost. Uh, a championship because I had a policy you couldn't ski during the winter, and I had my two stars skied, and they didn't play. And uh, uh, when we lost, I uh, told the team, you know, the loss was mine. And, uh, you know, those are special rewards, but I think one of the things we have to remember, too, and, uh, and I think it's a bigger question, I think as, and again, I'm not, the USTA is, we're all members of it. I hate when people say that, you know, this is the USTA fault because it's our fault. We're members of the USTA, uh, and I think we have to talk and uh, listen. But yesterday, my uh, I had a grandson that signed his letter of uh, tenth for uh, D1. Uh, play, he's going to play at uh, Manhattan College Baseball, uh, and that will be uh, my daughter's second son, that'll be playing uh, college baseball. Uh, the older one is in college now, and as a freshman, uh, he's told he's going to be the number two pitcher on the team. And I, I wrote in one of my uh, commentaries before that, you know, his mother, their mother played uh, high school tennis. Their uncle up there's up there, John Denise, Uh, my son uh, people don't realize but the John Denise School of Tennis was his I was the other John Denise that switched from basketball to tennis when he wanted to uh, go in there was a pro, a college player Uh, his father when uh, before the kids were born they used to come down to Florida and spend a month with us in January and he would hit with the better players and yet they're going out with baseball, and baseball has, as I pointed out in the article in this issue of Florida Tennis Magazine, all these sports, their they're players are they're coming from high school and college. Uh, the, the, uh, baseball now, their recruiting is mainly from the colleges. Uh, it'll be the debate's going to go on the minor leagues. What's going to happen? Did they drop some of the minor leagues? And my question is, if our football players are coming from high school and our baseball players and our basketball players, why aren't our uh, tennis players? And and that's why I ask every week like I did today, uh, is uh, tennis an after-school activity in your school or is it an after-school sport? And I do believe some of that responsibility falls on the USTA, and I worry that if college, you know, our our pros used to come out of college, and if they're not going to do that in the future, is college tennis going to be what uh, high school tennis is? And I think there's, if we get into an open discussion, there's some things we could actually address, you know, that way. So that's uh, that's where I come from, that. So I'm going to ask you, we have uh, about six minutes left. Uh, if you each would like to just tell us something about, you know, about what you like to, anything you want to say, I'd like to shut up for the next uh, six minutes. Well, well
1: John, Debbie, I'd like to it's say, show um...
2: yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Okay, I'd like
1: to say, John, it's super special that uh, you let me come on today and share my time with, with Ken and, and Dick, because they've been just so instrumental in, in my career. You know, my parents were not involved at all in my in my tennis upbringing, which I think was a good thing, and I got to rely on the help of uh, people who were really involved in tennis, and uh, fortunately, they, they had the best uh, interest for me, and... Uh, You know, I really want to thank them for, you know, everything they've done for me and me getting to share my time with them today.
0: And I'd like to thank you for being on our broadcast again, because I just love the fact that people that are still giving uh, today, I think we all owe something to society
2: next. You know, it's, uh, this has really been fun. It's, uh, Kind of a memory lane type of thing. A lot of stories that I, as we talked uh, here today, a lot of stories that I started thinking about, uh, Debbie, and they were all they're all pretty fun ones. And uh, but I, I I like how we how we really uh, kind of did different gamuts of the thing. And uh, you know I know that the sportsmanship is a huge thing, and I know college tennis. Uh, a lot of foreign athletes that are playing college tennis and yeah i don't, I know there's a lot of scholarships out there that american kids could be uh could be using so that's another topic at another day but uh this has really been wonderful and it's been gosh can i I can't wait to 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 get a copy of that book how many how many pages is that gonna be about fifteen <laughs> hundred
3: didn't quite go into that much detail um I tried to keep it to where uh uh even a millennial will want to read it. Um, that's that's a good it, point. It, it, good point. Yeah it 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 uh, it reads reads a little uh, more briefly, but it's the type of thing where you, hopefully it also makes you want to find out more about some of it. But uh, it's it's probably going to be about a three hundred page book, and uh, uh, maybe more with the pictures. So uh, if, uh, people will have fun with it, particularly uh, anyone who's been around the game uh, from high school on. So a college player right now would probably get a kick out of it because of some of the things that used to be this way and are now uh, a little bit different because I go into high school history as well as uh, college history. In, in the state of Texas. And it reaches out, of course. We're not an island here in Texas. We, we're influenced by a whole lot of people that we would call foreigners, but uh, who, who came here, like Debbie, uh, uh, who came from New Mexico and affected us, and a whole lot of other people like Tim Heckler of South Africa, and, and so on and so forth. So it uh, it. It was fun. I think people will enjoy that, and uh, thank you for letting me talk about it. But Dick and Debbie, it, it's nice to share this time and everything. John, thank you very much for that opportunity for us to do that.
0: Well, I'd like to remind you, too, that you're you're into uh, the uh, national campus occasionally. Uh, Bobby and I are only about 40, 45 miles south. Out uh, there, you know, it used to be a small fishing village uh, on the uh, east coast uh, before years ago. A bunch of us ruined it by moving in, but it's a nice place. And if you get tired of staying in a, uh, a hotel too long, we'd love to see you. And that goes for all three of you. Our home has been uh, for God, it's, it's, over 30 years, it's been over. We've had more tennis people in and out of it. Uh, you know, it's been an, an enjoyment to uh, go there. There's not a lot here. It's not city, but, uh, you know, it's relaxing. And uh, if you want to go to the beach, it's not that far. But, uh, you know, it's five minutes away. But we, uh, we'd love to have you as a guest if you're in the area uh, or truthfully, like many of the uh, uh, college coaches know, if you're, uh, we understand the cost of going to tournaments and uh, what it costs to uh, for a tennis player to try to make it. And uh, our home is always open to players too. So I thank all of you for sharing your memories. Uh, it's been uh, these are special types of broadcasts for me. And uh, I look forward to the next time we get to talk, Bob. Thank you very much. And I remind everybody there won't be no broadcast next Thursday. We'll be out celebrating Thanksgiving. And the great thing about Block Talk Radio is you can listen anytime you want. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Bye now.
1: All right. Thanks, John. Bye.
0: Bye.